Hello, Scotty. Hello, Mr. Fox. Can I can I start this off with a refreshing drink of coffee to help get my brain started? And we'll have a little ASMR for this one. You can you can start this. Wow, what are you doing? Bub- blowing bubbles? Are you trying to make a latte or a cappuccino or something? <laughs> you don't have the equipment. It, 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 it is a cappuccino, and I was just just incredibly rudely slurping it. Oh, that's good. I have just because uh, that's how I'm rolling. Just finished my coffee, but it's. Uh, I suspect you're on your first coffee of the day, and that was probably about my fifth coffee of the day. So, what can I say? Things are just out of control. <laughs> East Bollockshire is the Miami Beach of Gloucester. You just yeah, like don't it's... give a fuck. Like pounding coffee and riding tractors. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm actually drinking a lot of coffee because I, for, for various reasons, which I won't go into, uh, I'm actually having to drink decaf coffee at the moment. So when I was on caffeinated coffee, I'd normally have about two a day, occasionally three, whereas uh, now I'm on decaf coffee. It's, um, yeah, I'm up at five, maybe six a day. But um, I guess it is one of the benefits. So uh, there we are. It is possible if you if you shop around carefully, it is possible to get good quality, single origin, ethically decaffeinated coffee beans. So um, actually, um, you know, it's uh, although it sounds horrendous, you can actually if you're prepared to do a bit of hard work uh, in, in sourcing it and finding the right roaster, get a get decent decaffeinated coffee if you just want the taste. Of course, if you're after the hit. You can never get decaffeinated coffee that gives you the hit. Scotty, you were just like the, the you know, the drug addict addicted co-host of this podcast. And you're like talking about, it's like, you know, we, we sent a team of mules over the hill to, to, to set aside a part of the, of the coffee beans for the, the ones that went into the non-ethically decaffeinated pile were hit with a bunch of solvents in these ones, which were ethical. I don't even know what ethic, ethical decaffeination means. Well, well sorry, yeah, held, I mean, held to this. ethical is probably wrong then. I mean, ethical is obviously for who you buy your coffee from and how they treat the coffee growers. Uh, but there are, all, there are lots of different ways of... Um, decaffeinating coffee and the the main one is um with acid uh that they use where they basically just soak the beans in it's i can't remember exactly which acid it is but it's not a very pleasant acid which has a very um uh, uh a nasty sort of byproduct to it and everything that's uh in there whereas uh you can get uh, uh water decaffeinated beans where they're Water is the only solution used for decaffeination. There's CO2 decaffeination, which are both healthier and, and better for you. The water one is is my preferred one, although some would say it's not the best form of decaffeination. But uh, they basically soak the caffeine out of the coffee. But there we go. It's uh, Well, speaking of byproducts of people going to sleep because there's no caffeine in it, let's change topics a little bit. How are you, Scotty? <laughs> I am good, thank you, although a little sleepy due to lack of caffeine. Uh, yeah, uh, I am better than I was last week. I have had a more successful week. It's, uh, do, do you know, uh, I said last week I was working on a release for a client app. Uh, still doing that. It's uh, coming up towards the end of the week, but it's um, it's it's one of those things where uh it's um you learn that uh, suddenly you know someone gives you a whole bunch of test data test data you've not had for a, a while and because now you have a wide range of test data you discover a whole bunch of problems that you didn't know you had and um it's good because discovering problems is partly why you test to do it it's 
bad because it would have been better to have done this a number of weeks ago and not in the time of time of release but there we are so um but one thing it teaches you is you know i've been testing this app as i go along i've been writing some test cases doing some playing with it but um it's it just shows it really no matter how extensively you often feel you might be using an app and trying things out, there's always people who are doing different things with it and trying different things and doing stuff that you didn't do. And when you suddenly get a whole bunch of test files of the way other people have been using it uh, and trying it, it's only then you realize, yeah, I would have never even thought about trying that combination of things or whatever else that now produces this bug. So getting a variety of test data is the lesson of the week. Mm-hmm. And, and getting Indeed. it early enough that you're not working very long hours uh, trying to uh, get rid of all the bugs that you've um, discovered by being given this test data. Soon you're going to have to, to to create tests to be able to simulate what would happen if people were to use MoneyWell as a financial management software. It would, really. We, we're <laughs> going to have to do that because nobody does right now. Again, we are... Word processor. Uh, we've had this conversation several times before because you... You know, MoneyWell is a budgeting app. It's designed to help you control your budgets. And yet I would say probably a, a majority or definitely a high percentage of our users use it as a money tracking app, which is not, it's, you know, it, it does it because obviously if you're going to, but the reason MoneyWell does money tracking is to is to allow you to see how you've done compared to your budget. But the prime features of MoneyWell are to have a, you know, a budget that you then track against. And it's amazing how many people never use the budgeting features. They just track their transactions. And I'm going to be perfectly blunt, there are apps that do that better and they shouldn't be using them anywhere. But um, as there are so few of them, I'm not going to tell them that yet. <laughs> okay. Well, it's a good thing this has a very limited reach as a podcast. However, it does have a, a sufficient reach in order to have, have firmly planted the rumor that Alex Repti is quitting his job at Sketch to open up a mobile pizza camper van. I knew that. I knew that if we worked hard enough, we could get it to to, to do it. And I found I we have a new business model. Um, because, you know, I understand that we're still 87 some dollars in the hole for when you called me using long distance. And I thought I was going to basically start hitting up the recruiters who are always saying, hey, would you like to, you know, come join company XYZ? And it's either kind of like, you know, working at a company, Big Silicon Valley, whose ethics I kind of question, or working at some flashy startup. And it's like, you know, and it's like, and we just got five hundred thousand dollars in funding so we should be able to keep you gainfully employed for at least two minutes at your current salary um and so that it, 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 i you know sometimes i will politely reply if i if i'm written in a polite fashion and it seems like somebody took a, a you know half a second to be able to 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 know anything about me otherwise if they just say dear underscore you know dollar sign open bracket ios developer you know <laughs> yeah then, then i i don't care but it seems to me that I, you know, I could, I could say it's like, well, you know, I can't. But however, with the extensive reach of of this podcast, I'm sure we could find you qualified candidates for a mere eighty seven dollars. So that's that's one business model option. The other one is just simply to be able to make up complete bullshit about our our, our remaining friends and colleagues in the industry, and then ask them to pay us eighty seven dollars to 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 issue a retraction or just to not do it in the first place. And so I would never ask Alex to send us $87 worth of pizza in order for us to dispel with this rumor, but... <laughs> and here ends the uh, 
the our new segment, whose career can we ruin this week? <laughs> That's no, I think I just as a reminder, it's all done with great love and, and tongue in cheek, and I even asked asked yes. permission in, in advance. Um, but it is fun to to think about and see, of course. Uh, ex-friend of the show because everyone is an ex-friend of this show not many friends lots of ex-friends of this show uh, simon wolf Rawr. Um, Rawr. Who, who hated us going Rawr, every time we mentioned his name and hated it so much he left the industry simply yeah he became a, a, a non non-ios developer um, and, and equally because logically why does the roaring lion go with someone's name as wolf he could have solved that problem Far quicker than just moaning at us for a mere eighty-seven dollars. Who knew? That's true. That is true. Anyway, oh. before before we go a little bit too much down the rabbit hole of um, in jokes and uh, and um, repetition, uh, have you done anything exciting this week? Well, I have, and so you know, I was going to to say with great glee, but with some trepidation, um, that the the debug tool that I was talking about last week that I said that, you know, some listeners of this podcast might have known about before even my colleagues did. Um, it was, it, it turned out to be really effective. Um, and we had a, a great time uh, tackling bunches of, of, of bugs, you know, some of which were just really easy to pick off, you know, just where the label, you know, the accessibility label may have been redundant in some ways or, you know, might have been missing in this way or, you know, you know might have had a, a ghost accessibility element when you have an item that is, you know, existing in the, in the hierarchy but not visible, you know, but, but visible to to voiceover, which can be a, a common problem that people don't realize. So those things are, you know, those are those are things that, that can be fixed easily. You know, depending on where they are, they can be more or less kind of impactful. But I think the the big thing that the, our next big effort that that takes a lot of effort is is um, to to make things work with dynamic type because, as I said, it really has to do with with design trade offs and 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 thinking about how you will make the the, the layout reflow when when the type gets large, and so it, it you know giving a mechanism for for anybody to grab a debug build, turn that thing on, and see how it works, it it was just you know a, a revelation, and so you know a, a number of us went and, and started looking at these different areas, um, and I started tackling something which is something I've known in the back of my mind was going to be a real bear to get fixed. And I, I made some progress, but I got to the point where I said, you know, this is going to have to, to really rethink how this particular component, which is used in a couple of different places, um, how this is going to work. And at this point, this is a great opportunity to, to retire a venerable Objective-C component and replace it with a flashy new Swift one. Um, so that's good. And so I, I'm, I'm very pleased with that. Um, and I'm mostly, I, I think I'm pleased just because there was enough there were enough people focused on the event and enough people also just kind of talking about how, how, you know, either they have, have faced situational or, or, you know, situational disabilities or even ones that are, are, are here to stay. So enough people are saying, yeah, you know, I, my, my vision's not getting any better. Or, you know, I have friends and family who, you know, some who are deaf, some who are blind, some who have auditory processing issues, some have, have some who are neurodiverse in any number of different ways. And it it, it 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 broke through with a level of understanding as well, and that even you know so so that 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 argument flows along it's like you never know who who may need this, and it's a lot more people than you think. And that in reality is like you know a, a billion people on the planet 
you know, have have some form of disability for which these accessible technologies will make the difference between being able to use it at all or, and not. And then there's another, you know, another huge swath for whom having it will, will, will just make things work nicer. And dynamic type is one of those things that just squarely in that thing, it will make the difference for of usability for some people and will just make it better for everyone. There's just no two ways about it. And that even the process of going to, to, to think carefully about how designs reflow it's so easy to be able to say, okay, just to fit it, we'll just shrink the type. And you look at shrinking the type on your on your current generation large phone, you think, hey, that works fine. We're talking about kind of hundreds of a point. But when you're getting down to the smaller phones, which we still have to support, that shrinking of text, you know, makes things just pretty much illegible to people with with let's you know with with you know normal vision, let's say, and. And so when you start to say, well, okay, let's not always shrink the type, let's wrap. And even if we have to constrain it to wrap to two lines, the difference between two and one is a huge thing. And it, it doesn't doesn't impact the aesthetics of the layout. And you can be very careful to avoid, you know, uh, you know, orphan text on the last line. You can, you know, you can you can decide only to start um, you know, wrapping to two lines when the when the type gets meaningfully larger. But, you know, it, it's, it was just heartening for me personally and, and a couple of other people in the company who have been advocating this stuff and advocating a, a change in mindset and process for a long time. I really think that, that we, we've gotten there. So I'm, 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 I'm still riding high from that. Um, and I'm still also in the weeds of trying to, 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 to get this one large canvas to work smoothly. And I probably am about two thirds of the way there. So that's how I am this week. Well, that sounds like quite spiffy and well done. Uh, it is. Because we were worried Thank last you. week that you were going to fall flat on your face, and it seems that things didn't happen. Well, exactly, and that's, that's history tells us that when you gloat in advance, bad things happen, but I guess we've now shown that it depends on what you're doing. <laughs> this is something else. It's like, you know, people know me, uh, that I'm a rather snarky person, and, and then we had one colleague who says, like, you know, you're on the side of the angels for this one. And I said, yeah, that's good because I am the devil on so many other things. Like you said it. <laughs> I was like, and you thought it. <laughs> We're both correct. <laughs> so. Oh, Scotty, Scotty, Scotty. What can one say? So um, last night, uh, as we were recording this on uh, Wednesday, the 14th of uh, April. So last night into the inbox dropped the uh, email for the Apple event. Uh, typically for Apple about... Uh, um, one week's notice called Spring Loaded. Now, yeah, mm. is that giving anything away? We have, we were discussing how the um, uh, does the title and the image with events for WWC give anything away? So, you know, let's do a little bit of the older uh, pundit analytics of uh, does Spring Loaded mean anything, or does it mean it's just their spring event? Well, it, it draws to mind a famous Monty Python sketch about the Wizzo Chocolate Factory. <laughs> And how that that they have chocolates that that don't you know accurately describe what's in there and 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 you know it, it, I will find the link for it because it is rather funny but one of them is is I think called Spring Surprise where you you know pop the chocolate in your mouth and then stainless steel things go out and pierce your cheeks <laughs> so I don't think it, I hope I'm hoping it's not that. but you know Spring Surprise it could be anything that you know. It, 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 it's probably just that it's spring, but who knows? You know, it, maybe it's a it's a replacement for for auto layout. Yet, so we're we're coming back to, to springs and struts. That's what they're trying to tell us. 
Uh, yes, probably. probably. We're, returned, we're getting rid of auto layout and returning to springs and struts. Yeah. That is that is about as good as our predictions get for these events. <laughs> probably. That's about as good as anyone as can get, I think. As we're ever going to be. I mean, I think the main rumours are new iPads, aren't they, um, around now? Yeah. Uh, I, I am actually hoping that we get the next round of uh, Apple Silicon Macs, uh, maybe even with an updated chip, because I would like to buy another one. Um uh, to use but uh yeah we'll, we'll just have to wait and see of course yeah by the time a lot of people listen to this the event would have gone past and um they will know how how inaccurate we are but um I, I think normally this time of year it is ipads isn't it normally in spring it used to be used to be macbooks as well at this time of year but um that was a long time ago because the whole idea of macbook events are you know pretty pretty old these days and not really been been done I mean, there are a few rumours that we're going to get a refreshed iMac. Now, I guess we could get an iMac that has an M1 chip in, but is a refreshed case, because that's worth an event, because it's a, a, re- a relaunch. Whereas just an iMac in its existing case with an M1 chip in, I think would just arrive on the site. I don't think that would necessarily uh, uh, be there. But I guess the best thing to do is just to, to not waffle on about it and uh, just wait and see. But um, uh, yeah, with I'd be doing... Um, a whole bunch, as I was talking about last week, of image manipulation, and uh, that's what a lot of this testing that I've been doing is around as well, and doing bulk um, image manipulation on um, you know hundreds, sometimes thousands of files. And I have to say that you know I've been able to turn the heating off in my office and just uh, have my laptop <laughs> keep me warm, and uh, I've had to increase the volume of uh, any speakers because the sound of the MacBook Pro fans. Um, sounding like they're about to have a heart attack and rupture themselves is, uh, you know, I, I I would thoroughly enjoy being able to lose that experience in my life and just have something that was uh, mm. silent and, um, yeah. Silent but deadly? Yeah, silent but deadly. <laughs> There's a phrase I haven't used since I was a child or last week, whichever came first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, whichever came last. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. Yes, so uh, I've been enjoying more to do with graphic contexts and everything this week, and uh, uh, saying I, you know, and, and understanding where things are going on, and you know, enjoying the fact that that the context you're working in makes. Uh, I use the word enjoy in a very ironic sort of way. Um, you know that the context you're working in makes a big difference. So if you're drawing to the screen. Uh, the same code might produce something different than if you're drawing uh, out to a file or you're, or you're writing to an image that's going straight into data in a file. And sometimes you just get those little differences in what you've just rendered to the screen looks good and what you've rendered to the file through the same code is just a little bit out or vice versa. And again, it's one of these things that um, receiving these literally thousands of test files to to try this stuff on is just highlighted the uh, yeah i'd never seen it we do that little thing before uh in in the images i've tried oh wait a minute after a number of hours of investigation and trying just little bits of manipulation of things here and there you suddenly realize okay in this circumstance when you know this is you know the number of bits or this is the resolution or this is the size or whatever else it it happens so it's all yeah it's very tedious stuff and i have to say i'm I'm not sure that this is going to get better with anything much in the future and i have to say it's like video and audio graphics are similar anytime 
uh, Apple has tried to add a high level um, wrapper around this stuff or a higher level, because let's face it, NS image and uh, UI image are already fairly high level um, in places. You know, yes, it's fine for you know ninety nine times out of a hundred for things people want to do, but it's it's you know. You then immediately hear people complaining about stuff and uh, about it. So this, I think, this is the life of image manipulation for a long time to come, and so I'm not holding out too much hope that we'll see improvements to there. So I better just grit my teeth, get on with it, and get this stuff out the door. I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny because I think that there is now a generation for whom you know there's more than one output device besides a screen. <laughs> You mean you want to print something you or you just want to, you know, output it to some other device, uh, you know, a slide recorder or, or you know, render it to, to it, it, it is an interesting thing because that was such a big issue, you know, with, with everything publishing related and all the tool sets and a little history lesson for the kids. You know, I remember at the dawn of desktop publishing, there used to be this concept of, of layout tools where where it could not render the actual data. So, for instance, you have an, an EPS file, an encapsulated PostScript file, which, you know, PostScript being a description language, the precursor to PDF, a way of describing the layout of, of, of a page, including the typography and the, the layout of images and color separation of the image, all these arcane things. And so you would have what was something called a picked preview, P-I-C-T, which was the bitmap format used by the original Mac. And so you would lay something into, a, you know, you would lay it out in a, in a tool like Quark Express or, or PageMaker, these first programs that did desktop publishing, and you could kind of get a rough idea of what it would look like, but invariably you'd have to actually print something to be able to see because, you know, especially if you're laying type, uh, you know, a, a type box or just a, a bit of type on top of a, a, a logo, an illustration that'd be done, a vector illustration. You wouldn't be able to to, to lay it out precisely because the, you you would zoom in to try and look at the details, and you'd get to see these jagged edges. It was just kind of nightmarish. And one of the big selling points for the the next operating system when that came out, is it had something called Display Postscript, so that what you were rendering to the screen is exactly what you would be rendering out to some output device. The difference being that, you know, a monitor had, you know, at that time, 72 pixels per inch, you know, hardware pixels, and a laser printer would have something like 300, 400, 500, image set or something like 1200, but, you know, it was close enough for jazz. It wasn't just a completely different, you know, uh, representation of what is the same data. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, I went off onto that thing, but it's history can sometimes be interesting and informative, but also in the fact that, that what used to be big concerns of, about things, about dealing with this dichotomy of screen display and print display, even in the in the era where you would have bitmap screen fonts and another whole set of fonts used for your various printer, hand-tuned, um, it was, it was, it was, a whole other world, and kids today don't realize. But the, the and but then as a result, they they think that the problem doesn't exist at all. But in fact, it still does because there still are some people who have to deal with different resolutions of output of vector output. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's not just for that as well. I mean, even I mean, this is on the Mac, so you're dealing with sometimes people use non-retina screens, um, and you have retina right. screens. Sometimes people are using multiple screens, um, as I do. You ha- I have a uh, a laptop that's also plugged into a screen and sometimes those screens one is retina and one is non-retina um or it depends on how you have it set up um and all of that once you once you start manipulating images at the the pixel level um you have to account for it in what you're doing and you know am i taking two pixels for 
uh, yeah, uh, two points for uh, two pixels for every point or four or one or whatever, and just understanding what you're going on. And it all gets the, yeah. and again, this is where the graphics context comes in. If you, um, or if you don't, so for example, if you use lock on an NS image, it will basically based on the comp, the, the, the screen that the image is currently on, um, or the screen that the app is running on. And if you use lock on an MS image, even if you're not planning on rendering that NS image to the screen, it will still take the graphics context of the screen as its base, even if you're trying to write it out somewhere else. So, you know, you need to make sure you set things up differently, get a custom, or not necessarily custom, but, you know, generate a specific graphic context to work in. In fact, locking locking and unlocking images to work on is considered old-fashioned these days and not the way to go. You should be really more wrapping things in your own graphics context uh, generation but it's all just it's all just fun and games and you sit here and after like you know a number of days of fixing issues you're thinking surely there must be an easier way to do this um, but then you also realize this is why you get paid to do what you do because this is what you can do even if you might do it incompetently sometimes <laughs> so yeah yeah it's all all good fun and of course then you know there's yeah you have NS image, you have CI image, you have CG image, um, different APIs all do require different ones, and then you've got all the whole, well, let's convert my NS image to a CI image. Oh, wait a minute, I need it as a CG image, let's convert it, oh, let's put it back to a CI image again. Oh, what joy. Um, well, that, that reminds me as well of, 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 of sometimes traversing the world of, of, of objective c apis and and swift apis and it's not just the language difference it's also you you get the sense and I, i'm pretty sure it's correct that you know that at some point ui kit and, and app kit kind of go away and and that you have you know things like swift ui or even some of the 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 swift classes that a, at a given point in time the implementation of it may be with old objective c components like you know maybe ns text or ui text or ui label and then with with as things pass, then they say, no, this is brand new and, and kind of, you know, doesn't have some of the limitations that UI kit did, especially as concerns of, of, of where, where operations could be had on which thread, for example. Um, and so it, it's, it, I've come across that issue where I hope I'm not the only one in the universe. So sometimes, you know, it just seems a whole lot easier to be able to, to use some of the old Objective-C APIs, even if you're calling them from Swift, it's, you know, when you're finding, you know, manipulating mutable attributed strings, for example, because um, that's, that's a big difference, I think, you know, with, with class clusters that existed on the Objective-C side to be able to have, you know, class, you know, a, 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 an implementation of something, a dictionary, and then it's mutable variant or attributed string and a mutable variant and going back, whereas I think in, in Swift world, especially in the pure Swift world, there's no such thing as this, this distinction between the two. Um, and some of the APIs are subtly different, and I find myself sometimes going back and forth, and then you have to remember, especially if you're passing between functions, what you assume, because you're looking at a code block that you're dealing with an NS range and an attributed string, then all of a sudden you pass it to another function, then then it, the compiler is telling you, it's like, oh, but you can't cast that or you can't do this. It is, it is a, and then that's exactly what you're saying, where, where, you know, this is why we're paid to, to be able to, to deal with these issues. But uh, it, sometimes it's death by a thousand cuts to, to be able to make sure that you're you're getting something that works here and today. And that's something that's well set up for, for w where we're going to be going, where, you know, some of the backing a APIs are, are going to disappear. 
one one imagines. It is, it is. And then, of course, when dealing with legacy code, you end up with things like, you, you mentioned NS range, you used to do NS range make, but of course in Swift, you just now have an NS range initializer. And, you know, right. so, I mean, it's no harm. You can use either, but of course you end up with, you know, different, depending on when the code was written, different styles of code that causes your brain to have to do like mini context switching of what's going yes. on, uh, which, you know, is, you know, it, it's no big deal, but it just, when you're doing other stuff that's like quite, it just all adds up to sort of um, just creating a little bit more fuzz where you're looking for clarity. And there we are. Yes. There we are. That could be our title, a little bit more fuzz where we're looking for clarity. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering if, if we should have the clarity to maybe start to bring this one to a close. John. Your segues are as mediocre as ever, but there we are. So mean, so mean. I I, I thought I was being quite generous at mediocre, to be honest. <laughs> really? Wow! Did that that's like a segue going off the cliff, which actually happened oh, to the co- another like, person. Yeah. <laughs> there we go, John. John, if people want to tell you how amazing your segue was, and 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 that I am a just a dirty rotten bastard who just does not who just shows just show, shows you no love. Where should they do that? In the healing calm waters of Twitter, where you'll find me as Jembe. That's D J E M B E, like the West African drum. And Scotty, if people want to send you on a segway tour off the cliff to find an ignoble ending on the rocky shoals below, where might they do that? Well, again, they can do that on Twitter. Uh, where you can get me is Mac Devnet. And um, yes, you can tell me whatever you like because, you know, I don't read it. Well, I do, but I pretend I don't. <laughs> you just read it and cry into your pillow. It's like, why is Arepti so mean? Yes. Why, why is Georg so mean to well, me? Well, see, Georg is a, he's mean to me. He's not to you. He offered you a job this week. Although he did say if you're not a good enough developer, he'll offer you a job. So there was maybe a, a hint right. in there. <laughs> true probably anyway by this time next week we will know what was spring-loaded see i am thinking it's a new macbook pro with a spring-loaded lid so when i walk up to it it automatically opens for me and shines light on my face just like it did for craig frederiki like a japanese washlet with fuzzy logic that's right i love japanese washlets but that's a really strange place to end isn't it (laughs) (laughs) well very much for listening everyone i I really have no idea what's going on anymore (laughs) but um maybe that's why you listen to this because it just makes you feel that your life is sane and reasonably organized (laughs) we've achieved the goal so thank you for listening (laughs) until next time you take care Thank you.